Hello and welcome to the Teach Strong Talks podcast. My name's Sam. I'm a primary school teacher on a mission to help school staff discover truly effective approaches to wellbeing. This podcast is all about tapping into the knowledge and experience of real experts who can break down the research and the tools that we can apply to our everyday lives to feel happier and healthier. And joining me on the show today is Rhiannon Phillips-Bianco. Rhiannon is a teacher at an international school in Rome, leader of well-being and positive education, and she's a mental health first aider. And so, of course, there's so much I could talk to her about. But today we're going to focus on one of the activities that Rhiannon has found to be beneficial for her mental health, sea swimming. Now, open water swimming is increasing in popularity and more and more educators on social media are posting about their swims in lakes and the sea. And so I was really eager to record an episode with a seasoned sea swimmer who can explain to us all the benefits she has experienced and offer tips to anyone who's keen to get started. So let's get into the episode. So hello, Rhiannon, and welcome to the Teach Strong Talks podcast. Hi, Sam. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I know you're very welcome. Thanks for giving up part of your half term to come and chat with me about all things sea swimming. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Brilliant. So you're, you are in Rome, aren't you? Could you tell us a little bit about um, your role in your role teaching in Rome? Yes, indeed. I am teaching. I'm a year six class teacher in Rome in a British international school. So it's like uh, picking up a British school from the UK and putting it into an international context. Um, And as well as being a year six class teacher, I am a well-being and positive education leader for the whole school. So ages three to 18, which is uh, it's an exciting uh, role that I held um, in my previous school in the Netherlands. I've only just recently moved here. Um, and I was in charge of well-being and mental health in the Netherlands for three years, a role that I really enjoyed. And I've, I've started this new role here and I'm looking forward to using my experience, hopefully to the benefit of my new school community. Wow, fantastic. Rome is a city that I've always wanted to go to. I haven't made it over there yet. I've been to Italy a couple of times skiing. I've been to Milan, but never made it to Rome, which is a bit ridiculous because I read so much ancient history and I'm, you know, reading a book about Cicero at the moment and things like that and Caesar and and I just haven't, I've never made it over there. (laughs) Well, definitely needs to be your next stop then because it's the place to go if you're into ancient history. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I like my coffee as well. And I think the coffee's Uh, good over there. Yeah, the coffee's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) it's next on the list for sure so (laughs) how did you end up teaching in Rome then you just mentioned that you were teaching in the Netherlands for a while um and then and then now you're in Rome yeah yeah I I made that well I was going to say classic mistake wasn't a mistake I I moved to to Rome in 1998 after my degree and thought well I'll just go there for a year do something a little bit different a year out and then I'll move back to the UK and settle down um and I met my Roman husband fell in love so um that's how 22, 23 years on, I'm still strongly connected with Rome. Um, in the meantime, we lived in the UK together for three years and in the Netherlands for seven years. And actually, we've only just recently moved back. I moved back in November. So, um, yes, we we now I think we're now we're, we're stopping moving around. We're settling down. Um, he's uh, Romans are very committed to their city. My husband's really missed Rome and my, my daughters were born here as well. They're 16 now and they feel very attached to, to being here. So. 
uh, we're here to stay now, but it's been nice to travel around a bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a similar story with my brother who went to China after his degree. He said he would just go and teach English as a foreign language for a year and he didn't come back for 15 years, I think it was. He is back just in England. Just classic. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and often people do make their way home eventually, but um, it is, it's a classic. You fall in love with new places, new cultures, with people, of course, and, um, <laughs> and then build new ties. Yeah, absolutely. And there's worse places in the world to end up than Rome, I think. <laughs> absolutely. It's a lovely place to be. Definitely. Oh, fantastic. So, um, well, you've mentioned your your role as um, well-being lead. And, you know, there's there's so many things that we could talk to, I think, talk about, isn't there, Rhiannon, you know, around that. But we're focusing on on sea swimming today. This conversation's focused on sea swimming. And, yes. and this has come about because... I put a, a tweet out quite recently and I said, you know, I'm looking for guests to come on the podcast and I'd love to hear from people who have got um, kind of perhaps a, not unusual, but a different approach perhaps to their mental health and well-being. Are they doing something like meditation or breath work? Or I think I even said in the tweet, tweet um, cold water exposure or, or open water swimming. And, and you messaged me and got in touch and said that you'd love to be on the show. So I was really, really happy to have a teacher come on the, the podcast and talk about open water swimming, sea swimming, cold water swimming, whatever capacity it might be. Um, so why don't we dive into that? That's such a terrible pun, isn't it, for swimming? Yeah, anyway. dreadful, yeah. <laughs> <It's bad. laughs> Let, but let's dive in. So talk to me a little, about, a little bit about um, sea swimming for you. What does it involve? Where do you go? When do you go? How often do you go? Uh, do you go all year round or is it just a summer thing? What's the deal? <laughs> okay, well, um, the deal is I, I, grew, I grew up by the sea. I grew up in Plymouth and in, in my in 44 years of life, I've only lived away from the coast for two of those years. So um, it's, it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. I grew up surfing as, in, in Cornwall as a child and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I don't think I really realized how important it was to me, um, until I, uh, I was unwell with my mental health in 2017, having never struggled with it. Um, and I had some time off work and I happened to bump into a, somebody who I'd met before in a school community choir, another parent of a child in my child's school. And we'd got on well then, but we'd never really spent time together. And we happened to start talking about swimming. And, and that's where it began, really, as, as a regular part of my, my well-being. She said to me, look, I go, I go regularly two or three times a week. Join me whenever you like. And I joined her. So I began to join her. It was, it was more a weekly swim for me. It's hard to fit in. I teach full time. I've got fam family life as well. Not easy to fit in. But I, we, we began kind of weekly on a Saturday morning, um, a bit more in the summer when it was a bit warmer. It was the Netherlands. So the North Sea, it was freezing. Um, and when I say sea swimming, I feel slightly guilty because at that time of year, it's, it's more like a sea dip um, because it's so cold. We, we always just go in costumes. We don't wear wetsuits. Um, and uh, somebody, I don't know if it's based on research or whether it was just good advice, but somebody said to me once, um, look, if the air temperature is three degrees, that means don't go into the, don't be in the water for more than three minutes. Use mm -hmm. that as your gauge. So literally one, one minute per degree Celsius, um, which is really important in a country like the Netherlands where the North Sea is properly freezing and temperatures really plummet in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, very much a, a weekly sea dip in the winter. Um, 
probably not even putting my head under the water when it's that cold. But then, of course, as the temperatures improve and the water gets a little bit warmer, spending an awful lot more time in the sea. Um, and of course, now that I've moved back to Italy and and I'm now a 10 minute drive from the beach from the, at the end of a working day, um, I'm, I can see it will become a lot more regular. I'm, I'm hoping to literally keep my swimming stuff in the boot of the car and, and pop down at the end of a working day for a, for a proper swim as the weather warms up. Um, so, yeah, it, it definitely varies in terms of where I am and conditions, mm. uh, weather and so on. But I would say as, as much as I can, a, a weekly event. Um, and even if I don't manage to get into the sea, certainly a weekly beach walk just to have that connection with the sea. Um, I think growing up by the sea, it, it feels like it's just it's in my veins. It's a part of me. Yeah. 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 That's a really interesting point. And I, I think other people experience that as well. Um when they've been surrounded by perhaps the sea or or nature or or even perhaps they've grown up in a city in a busy bustling environment and then they're taken out of the that environment and maybe they feel like something's missing and, and they, people can't can't quite put their finger on it. Um, it's interesting and, and then like you said, you connect to the darts and oh this this was perhaps what was was missing and I need to get back in the ocean. Um, yeah, it's invigorating, yeah, isn't it? Or well, nature oh, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I think as well, when you when you move around quite a lot, it's um, mm. it's something. Well, I've I've been lucky enough to move around to places that are do have coastlines, but it's just something that helps me feel at home where wherever I am. If I can just find the beach, then I, then I just feel ah, okay. This is this is my spot here. This is where I need to make sure I I, I make time to come here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose you, you said about uh, you feel a bit guilty calling it sea swimming, but I, I don't think you need to. <laughs> I think we <laughs> we applaud anyone just just for for getting in, even if it's um, for a quick dip, like you said. Because I suppose even in the summer in the Netherlands, what was the water temperature like? Oh, I can't I can't remember offhand, but it certainly wasn't getting into the sea in Rome in August. It, it's almost it's almost disappointing. It's a bit like getting into a warm <laughs> bath, yeah. and I just think, oh, really, this isn't cooling me down. It's thirty five degrees. Um, you, you'd never get that in the Netherlands. It always had that cold edge to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. The, I think. I think the key is you identify that you enjoy it. You know it's good for you. So it doesn't actually matter how cold it is getting no. in. You know you're going to feel great afterwards. So you you get into the habit of doing it because you know how much good it does you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like you said, there's there must be kind of a a multi. I don't, faceted um kind of the the benefits must be multifold in that that it, it's not just the the cold water is it it's the getting out in nature it's the the fact that you were going with a friend it's the fact that even if you didn't get in you would be um just going for a stroll along the beach perhaps um there's so many different ways to do it aren't they you know getting to the beach and being near water is always going to lift us up I think for, for most people I think it will lift them up won't it yeah absolutely I think I think um the the movement and sound of the waves people find very calming I think mm. in our daily lives we're often um our sense of distance and space is often quite limited we might go from mm. a classroom to the car to our homes or apartments at the beach, you have that beautiful, vast view. It, it, mm. it just it, it opens your perspective a bit, I think. Um, and it might sound a bit profound, but sometimes it just reminds me how much how much bigger the world is than the, than the, the problems that I might be dealing with at that time. Just, you know, that big, vast space in front of you just helps you. It doesn't minimise what you're feeling, but it helps you put things into perspective a little bit. Uh, absolutely. I completely agree. And it reminds me of a... Um, 
that the end of, I think it was around the end of the first chapter of the book I'm reading at the moment, which is Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And, and he's talked about this. So he went on a, um, he decided to do a bit of a digital detox, leave his phone, his laptop, wasn't connected to the internet at all because he wanted to, to go away and completely disconnect for three months, I think it was. And he talked about this. So he, he decided to go somewhere in the USA. I can't remember exactly where, but it was on the coast. And he said that, it, you know, within the first couple of days, he would look out to the sea and just be reminded of just, yeah, the, the openness of the world and the vastness and how kind mm-hmm. of insignificant we all are, unfortunately, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and, and but, he but said, that's, that's not such a bad thing sometimes. No, just no. Because, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It doesn't minimise our problems, but it does make, okay, actually, I can manage this. This is a bit smaller than that huge space out there. Yeah. And like you said, puts things in perspective. And because we're so... Well, because of the way that our environment is set up now, so focused on a screen and this little thing that we're looking at all the time and hunched over. And I think that can often lead to problems, can't it? If we're we're spending too much time in front of a screen, too much time just focused on this very narrow window. Um, And as soon as we open up and out into the world, then then we can feel calmer, more relaxed you know get get our thoughts in in order for sure absolutely <laughs> and having being in italy at the moment with um the coronavirus restrictions as well it's been it's been hugely important for me mm. because we're still we're still teaching in masks all day and until a week ago we still had to wear masks outside whereas once you got to the beach and you're on the shoreline you could finally take it off so that again that sense of relief of oh yeah. i can properly breathe here and of course in the sea you don't have to wear a mask in the sea um, now we don't have to wear them outside, but we're still wearing them teaching all day. So just that chance to get out and properly, properly breathe at the end of the school day. Um, and actually sitting down and thinking about um, what I was going to talk to you about today has been a good reminder, making me think, OK, this half term, I'm going to prioritise it and make sure I do get to the beach midweek and not just wait for the weekend because I know how much good it will do me. Yeah. Oh, great to hear. <laughs> so. If we kind of go back to some of those um, benefits that you experienced, because you said that um, you went through a difficult time, was it around 2017, you, you, you said? Yeah, and yeah, so, I did, um, yeah. And so since, since starting um, the, the sea swimming and anything else as well, you know, what what changes did you notice? What benefits did you experience? Um, tell us a bit more about that. Okay, well, in terms of the sea swimming itself, I, I feel huge benefits in in so many different ways you you mentioned friendship and I think um friendship has always been a key part of it for me Mm. uh in whatever form with the beach whether it's finding someone to swim with or beach having beach walks I'll I'll often say text a friend and say do do you fancy a a walk and talk on the beach um and I've I found that that benefits both my friends and myself so much because I don't know you're not sitting opposite someone again you're in that vast open space you're walking you're focusing a little bit on nature as well and I just find the combination of all of that just helps people open up a little bit more mm. and tease through things um, and I find that's benefited me an awful lot both here and in the Netherlands um, the sea swim itself I, I just get a huge buzz from whether it's freezing cold um, and it's a quick dip or whether it's a longer swim of course, we all know the benefits of exercise for, for mental mm. health. But again, it's the it's the connection. I think it's the connection with the cold. Sometimes it's that sense of challenge and achievement. Um, sometimes it's the sense of what on earth are we doing when I'm there with a friend and we're squealing because it's so cold. Um, but what a great way to build a connection with someone. And, and um, I've been lucky enough. It took me took me seven weeks 
of casually asking questions in my new job before I found someone who was up for winter sea swimming with me here. And I was like, yes, I knew <laughs> if I persisted, I would find someone. Um, and it's a lovely way to build up new connections with people who you might not have otherwise necessarily spent time with. Um, a, a, a far preferable alternative for me than just always saying, well, let's go out for a drink. Just mm -hmm. I'd far rather meet at the beach and have that connection with nature as well as with someone. And I'm a real morning person. So I quite happily meet at eight o'clock. So that's meant seeing the sunrise one morning. We went for an early morning swim, saw the sunrise. It's, it's a, I find it a really invigorating way to start yeah. the day. Um, and when the water's that cold, I, the physical effects stay with you for hours afterwards. You have that kind of whole body glow and tingle that really stays with you. Um, I sleep better because of it. I find that that really helps me sleep. Um, yeah, I love it. I, I can't find a downside. My daughters just think it's far too much effort to, for all the changing and unchanging and getting into the sea for two minutes and getting out. But honestly, I feel feel the benefits for, for hours afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so great to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, on the one hand, I'm really glad that you focused on the connection element of it, the, that camaraderie of having someone oh, to go yeah. with and, and talking. And like you said, being more open with each other because you're in an open space. And I think, you know, we know from research that when we're in a kind of a confined space, we, we might be better at doing kind of logical tasks and quite linear tasks. But when we're in a big open space, we're better at creative tasks. And I don't know, I wonder whether there's a bit of a, a link there that when you're outside in a very open space with someone that you might perhaps be more open with them and ask yeah. more probing questions and be more honest with them. I don't know. That's just, uh, that's just kind of. Conjecture. It certainly makes sense, sense <laughs> to me. Does, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And I, th and I think with, Lots of other em elements of lifestyle, physical and mental health wise, that when done with someone else, I think you just, you, you multiply the benefits, don't you? If you have a healthy Absolutely. meal enjoyed with your loved ones or friends that you're chatting away with, that's going to be beneficial. If you, like you said, exercise with a partner or with a group, it's probably going to have some extra benefits. Um, just so many different things. You, you get a bit of an added extra boost if you combine it with someone else. And that doesn't mean that it has to be all the time. You know, for example, for me, I love going to the gym on my own because I mm. like that time just in the zone and not worrying what anyone else is doing and not checking if they're doing the right exercise and not comparing or whatever. It's just, this is my time. I'm going to do my thing. Uh, same with when I go running, I quite like to go on my own, but then other times I like to go with my mum or my brother because it means we can, we can run and we can chat. We can walk and talk like you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say um, a big factor as well as it being more enjoyable while you're doing it, of course, it's more motivational yes. beforehand. We can all wake, wake up on a Saturday morning and think, oh, I can't be bothered. But if you've already arranged it with somebody, uh, then you just get up and go. Yeah. You don't think about it because you don't want to let them down. Um, the only thing I would say that in terms of sea swimming, I would always recommend that you go with someone, even if they don't want to swim, yeah. just to have a spotter on the beach. Obviously, now that I'm in Italy, I, I feel more relaxed about it. The Mediterranean, the currents aren't as strong and so on. But in a place like um, the Netherlands or mm. indeed um, the Cornish coast, mm. riptides, rip currents, you can get caught out so quickly. And I would I would highly recommend it's great to do it with someone. But if you can't drag someone to actually come into the sea, then just ask them to come along and be, be your spotter and be be the mobile phone on the beach in case it goes wrong, because it's it's a. Uh, 
it can go wrong very fast. Of course, yeah. That's such a good point to make. Thank you for, for raising that, of course, yeah. Always go with someone, especially if it's cold water swimming, especially if it's open water swimming. Um, yeah. And a really good point, yeah. Even if they don't want to get in, um, you know, they can they can be on the side and you can, I don't know, persuade them with a coffee afterwards or something like that. Exactly. But yeah, really exactly. important point to always have someone there. Yeah. Um, and so the, the one side was a connection, but then we, we talked a little bit about the, the cold element. And this is what is quite fascinating to me and I, I'm sure to you and I think to a lot more people now um, is this cold water therapy. And that could be um, on a bit of a spectrum, couldn't it? It might be a quick 10 second cold shower or it could be right at the other end with, you know, really long exposure uh, exposure perhaps going for a for a dip that lasts five minutes ten minutes in really cold water and the right at the end of that extreme is someone like Wim Hof I don't know if you've heard of Wim Hof no 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 oh he's no. so he's, he's the ice man and I think he's got the world record for the longest time in an ice bath I think Ouch. I, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head it might be around two hours but I, I, I might be wrong I'm not sure but um yeah he is the ice man he swam up in the arctic circle and things like that so um yeah, he's, he's an impressive guy. But these these benefits around the cold water are really interesting, aren't they? And yeah. I've seen some um, I've seen some experts talk about that it can be as little as a 30 second cold shower, perhaps every day mm. for a week or, or something like that is enough to, to spark some of these benefits, which I think is really fascinating. And yeah, there's, there's, absolutely. there's talk of, isn't there, um, like the, the benefits for our mental health that like you've touched upon um, for improving mood, re- mood, reducing symptoms of depression, uh, reducing inflammation. So it could be helpful for people with rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, mm. and perhaps other conditions like that. Um, and promoting a healthy immune system, I think is one of the benefits as well. So I, I yeah. don't know if, if you, kind of looked into this you, you you're speaking from your own experience but is there anything else you'd like to add around the benefits of cold water well yeah certainly I've heard all of those things um yeah. and and I've I've talked talked it through with um one doctor I spoke to about it because I said to him you know I, I really feel like this is good for my um good for my mental health and I'd read an article about um I wrote an article myself for Mind, yeah. and um, when I when I wrote it, and again, it was very much from my perspective how I felt it benefited me. I looked into a little bit into the research, and I read um, about somebody who'd been on antidepressants for years and had had used cold water swimming as an alternative. Yeah. Um, her doctor, obviously, with a doctor following her closely and t- coming off her medication slowly and appropriately. Yeah. Um, but then gradually replaced it with cold water swimming and found the benefits to be just as good. Now, of course, everybody's different. Um, but personally, I found um, that it really gives me a boost. And a doctor I spoke to, because I was, I was kind of thrashing it all out with him, I was a bit worried about things like my feet going completely numb for hours afterwards when swimming in, in the North Sea. And he said to me, look, if your feet are numb for hours, then I, the only thing I did wear then after, uh, in addition to a costume, was just uh, wetsuit booties because you said, look, if they're numb for hours afterwards, it's not ideal. Mm. But we had a good chat about the benefits in general. And he said, um, when you're in the sea, you're right not to get your head wet at this time of year when the water's so cold. But having your, um, your neck fully immersed in water will particularly benefit your mental health, mm. which I thought was really interesting. Um, and then he also said you need to be very careful when you get out with the the contrast of temperatures so take the approach of warming yourself up from the inside out so have a hot drink put warm clothes on but don't get out and jump into a hot bath straight away because 
that's it, it could potentially send your body into shock and yeah. your body can't cope with those extremes. So it was really good to have just a sensible conversation with someone who obviously had a slightly med- more medical perspective than me just saying, well, yeah, it makes me feel great, but my toes go numb. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a good chat. But so ever since I've always immersed my neck fully in water, I, d- I don't know what the scientific evidence is behind it, but it's enough for me that he told me and, and I'm in the sea anyway. So I, I make sure I do that. I try and try and float a bit without getting my head in, in when it's freezing cold. Yeah, perhaps something to do with the nervous system or something like that. And it's giving it that bit of a, a, a kick, the stress response. I, I, I don't know either, but um, interesting. If any of you listeners know why, then then tell us if you've heard that. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> but your, your fantastic points made again, um, especially around the people have been using it to to help with anxiety and depression. But of course, we should be doing that under the, the, the supervision or the guidance, or at least letting your doctor or healthcare professional know, look, I'm trying this Absolutely. And, and not just coming off medication thinking, well, I heard about this, so I'm just going to try it and come off my medication. Of course, that's never a good idea. You need to be letting, no. letting your doctor know. And But but at the same time, how empowering is it to, to try something as an individual, give it a go um, and see if it works for you? That That's a really fantastic message to to, to put out there. And yeah, you talked about earlier about the, the buzz that you get and that kind of warm, tingly feeling. And that's one thing that I've heard about recently on a podcast that um, I think it's something like the, the dopamine release is you can feel the effects of that for three hours later after your, mm. your cold water exposure. Is that in your experience as well? Is it hours yeah, later? Compl- can- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, and that's what I love about it. It, li- yeah. it literally, and, it, and if I manage to do it on a day where I haven't got any other work to do, it's just such a good day to start <laughs> to a weekend. Yeah. I have a swim like that. The, the, the warm glow stays with me for the rest of the day. I enjoy an afternoon nap and, you know, get out and have some family time and so on. And yeah, yeah I, that really, I, I think it's more than three hours. I, I think it really stays with me for the rest of that day. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it's something I experienced quite recently. I went with my sister who has recently got into open water swimming as well. She's a, she's a midwife um, and she's taken it up recently and we went so it must have been January. I think it was last month. I think the water temperature was three degrees. Um, mm. Like you said, it, it wasn't a swim for me either. It was, it was kind of a get no, no. in a dip, head under. A, no, definitely not. Kept my head up, um, kind of paddled around for a bit. Um, she she kept moving and swimming. I, I kind of took the approach. I liked to um, kind of channel something. I don't know what, a bit of a, a Wim Hof method uh, style where I just like to submerge myself and then just focus on the breath and just pause. And it's, it just makes you feel alive. It makes you feel incredible. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. Your, your body goes numb. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it can feel like a burn, can't it? It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. But then once you get out and once you've warmed up, like you said, that, that glow for hours afterwards um, and, and the way you feel. And I think part of it, as, uh, and you touched upon this as well, is the, that feeling of, well, I, I did something that I really didn't want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't done much open water um swimming that you know that time with my sister and a couple of other times where i've gone actually into a a reservoir or or a lake um but i have been taking cold showers and in fact my new year's resolution last year or or the year before i lose track was to have a cold shower every day And, and i did that and i stuck by it it was at least 30 seconds to a minute and i think part of the benefit is that you never want to do it, do you? you? You never want to have the cold water shower. Um, no. But the fact that you do it every time is 
is is where you get that sense of achievement like look I've already done something I really didn't want to do today uh, and I've got through it and I've remained calm and I've focused on my breath and, and I'm okay so I, I think that's where some of the power really really lies and I also went to a, a Wim Hof workshop with a um with a chap called Brian who has the breathing project who's on social media he's on Instagram check him out um he does these Wim Hof ice ice bath workshops and right. you could see for some of the people there that the 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 getting into the ice bath for two minutes it was that we had to get into it for um was kind of I don't know, a, a metaphor perhaps for something else in their life. Mm. Like I'm, I'm going to face this. I'm strong enough. I can do it and I can remain calm. Um, and then that sense of achievement once, once they've got out, yeah, I, I did it. I, I can do this. I think is really empowering as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think for me, when I look back, when I first started, as I said, it was a difficult time in my life. I was struggling with my mental health. Um, it was a time where I, my feelings were very numb because mm. I was struggling so much. And I felt that the water helped me come alive a bit mm. because I think it was literally the shock of the cold. And whereas I might have met my friend and gone to the beach and been quite quiet and not been very open, by the time I'd got, got into the water and the cold had hit me and I'd had that buzz and we were going for a coffee afterwards, the conversation began to flow. Mm. And I think it, it, it just helped me break that cycle a little bit. Um, and yeah, a cold shower would never appeal to me. I, I, I think for me, what, because of course there are days where it's really cold and I think, oh, wow, what are we doing? But for me, it's, it's the, the, the sense of peace I get when I get to the beach. I feel a huge sense of peace and, it, and I feel like the sea is just inviting me to go in. So the will to go in is always there. It doesn't stop it being painful as I'm getting in. <laughs> um, but the will is always there. I couldn't develop the same will for a, shower, a cold shower. No, hot, <laughs> hot shower every day. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but that's really interesting the, the point you made about yeah uh, opening up um a little more and 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 how it kind of was the, the the little spark that allowed for some more connection between you and your friend that's really really nice to hear yeah that's awesome uh, so right well we've covered the kind of um some of the benefits that one might experience from from getting out and swimming in the ocean or swimming anywhere um and from cold water as well so what about your your tips then for someone who is interested, they've perhaps heard about it for the first time here now on this podcast, or perhaps they've been hearing about it on social media and they've seen the documentary or something and they're thinking, oh, I'd really like to give that a go, but I'm just not sure where to start. What kind of tips would you offer them? Okay. First of all, I'd say it's become really popular during, mm. during the pandemic lockdown. It's become more and more popular. And there are all kinds of really expensive things out there. And number one is don't spend a fortune because the best <laughs> thing about the beach is it's free. <laughs> yeah. You can just go and you can take a costume and a towel and make sure you've got warm clothes afterwards, but you don't need to go out and buy the expensive sea swimmers coat that you put on afterwards. Maybe if it becomes a passion and you start going every day, yes, but don't, don't see finances as a block because it really is something that you can do as long as you live on the coast, you can do anywhere for free. So mm. that's a one, that's one of the wonderful benefits of it. Um, I would, as I said before, certainly go with someone else, even if they're just a spotter and they don't want to go into the sea. I think that's really important. And I would, I would also recommend, um, I mean, if, if you're inspired and you want to start it straight away, then great. But uh, what I found with friends who've, who've kind of introduced themselves to it, they've started in the summer. So they can get used to it when the temperatures are bearable and then you carry on weekly and your body adjusts as the temperature cools down. But it's not such a shock 
as it might be if you decide to take it up in January. Yeah. Um, as you know, in many places, there's the New Year's Day tradition of everyone rushing into the sea. And I just cringe when I see that because I just think these people are literally exposing themselves to a sea dip in the worst way possible where they all rush in at high speed. Um, and it can be quite a shock to the system and, and, and even quite dangerous if you do it, if, if you don't. I would recommend going in slowly when the water's that cold, not not the run and dive, because if your body's not used to it and you run and dive, and go under which I see some people do um the shock can make you kind of gasp yeah. and you can gasp you can you can inhale seawater which can be really dangerous um so I, I I have an enormous respect for the sea I think having grown up in Cornwall and swum a lot in the Netherlands um respect the temperature respect the currents look learn a bit about the context the area that you're going in learn if it's known for riptides Riptides are an absolute pain because actually it's where the the water, the sea is calmer. So if you don't know about them, you'll be under the false impression that's the safe bit. And actually, that's the dangerous bit that can take you out to sea. So learn, study a bit first, learn about the conditions. Um, if you're a people person all over the UK now, there are groups of people who meet to swim. So join join a group, see if you can, because that's the best way to learn from people who do it regularly mm. anyway. Um, if you're not, read up a bit about conditions first. Maybe start it in the summer when there are lifeguards around to gain a bit of experience. Um, just be wise, just to have have real respect for cold water in whatever form it is, sea, sea or lakes. Um, take a flask of hot chocolate, warm clothes to put on afterwards. Um, listen to your body. Like I had to listen to my feet and think, OK, I can't just go in in a costume. My feet aren't coping with it. Um, and that's where I got little booties for my feet. Um, and just enjoy it for what you enjoy it for don't worry about if, if you're going with a friend who can manage to stay in for 15 minutes and you can only do two stick to two and, th and there's no you know there's no there's no shame attached to that you do what works for you um get out when you still feel comfortable um i remember talking again the same doctor i said to him oh i love it when you're in the water and your your skin begins to get that really warm glow and he said, yeah, that's the first sign of hypothermia setting in. So that's when you have to get out. Right. Oh, OK, that's a good tip. Um, so, again, learning a little bit about it, being well equipped, but don't spend lots of money. Find someone to do it with and then try to make it a regular part of your routine if you feel that it does you good. Yeah. Fantastic tips. I love all of them. Such good points, especially the one about um, getting some advice off someone who's a seasoned sea swimmer, perhaps, or yeah. a seasoned cold water swimmer. And, and and I benefited from that when I went with my sister, because like you mentioned before, my first reaction when you get out is right, right I need a, a warm shower because I'm absolutely freezing. Uh, let me jump in a warm shower. And my sister was like, no, absolutely not. That's the last yeah. thing you want to do. Because like you said, you could send your body into shock, couldn't you? Um, it, yeah. could, it could be really dangerous. So um, like you said, warm up from the inside out. So you, you get changed, don't you? you put all your warm clothes on, you have a nice hot, warm drink. We went and sat by one of those heaters, those flames that they have, and mm. yeah, just warmed up slowly. I mean, I was shivering for a good, I don't know, half an hour afterwards. But, oh yeah, um, I can stay with you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's one really, really good tip. And then like you said, knowing knowing the environment, knowing the surroundings. I think mm. you mentioned before we, before we were recording, um, you said about having somewhere where you can get in and out easily as well is that was that another tip yeah absolutely getting getting in and out um again reading the beach reading the situation yeah. um don't don't go in off rocks that could be slippery yeah. for getting back yeah you know if you if hopefully a sandy beach 
But if you're going into a lake somewhere where there's some kind of platform or a ladder for getting in or out or, yeah. or a gradual where the water's getting deeper gradually, but yeah, don't, and don't, don't jump off a, a cliff into the sea and then think afterwards about how you're going to get out. Just, <laughs> just assess the situation properly first and, and make sure it's as safe as it can possibly be. It's so true. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant advice. And then the, the first thing that you mentioned about how don't let the, the, the financial side be a barrier. I think that's so important to mention because of course there are people wanting to make a, a quick buck off for these new trends, aren't there? And yeah, we can easily yeah. pay hundreds of pounds for these special workshops and the special equipment and things like that but like you said just get started we only need the the basic equipment um and 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 that's enough and i think we see that in so many different aspects of life whether it's diet or or other types of exercise that all right i need the most expensive things because that will make it the best experience possible when actually you know we don't need those fancy new trainers to go for a run you can just run in well you can run barefoot like me like i run barefoot half marathons every so often or you could just get the or you could just get the most basic trainers and uh you know that that's a way to get started so like you said yeah Yeah. just 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 get started um and i think the the cold water showers is is another point to, to mention on, on that note is that that's something that is is basically free um absolutely just, you've yeah. got immediate access to exactly maybe i should maybe i should be maybe that's my next step sam <laughs> that's your cold, challenge cold showers. I'll, I'll be yeah, checking off absolutely. on it <laughs> yeah uh, the fantastic. only piece of equipment that i would recommend buying straight away and this this really struck me i saw an rnli uh, advert um a phone pouch particularly right. if you're on your own um, okay. If I'm on my own, I, I do it rarely, but if I am on my own, I always go in with my phone in a waterproof pouch, right. take it into the sea with me. I've recently taken up paddle boarding and I tie it to the paddle board so that I've got it. And actually, um, I became fully committed to doing that after seeing a, a terrifying uh, rescue of a 17 year old who got swept out to sea in his paddle board. And it was the fact he had his phone on him that saved his life because he could call the emergency services and he'd been swept out four miles Um and, and the RNLI then created this advert using the footage of that rescue and yeah. then gave out free waterproof pouches afterwards to just say, look, this, this could potentially be a lifesaver. Um, because even if you're a seasoned swimmer, you can still get caught out. Yeah, and if you yeah. don't have that spotter on the beach or you don't have people looking out for you, then um, I would particularly recommend that because you can just get caught out so quickly. Yeah, excellent point. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure those are, if not free from a charity, they're, they're pretty affordable, aren't they? So that's yeah. a really good, really good bit of advice. And I suppose people talk about wearing a, a brightly coloured swimming cap as well. That might be a good bit. Yeah. So yeah, and we're not saying completely don't you know go in with just your trunks on or something. There are no, a few little, a few a little things that you might invest in. Yeah, you know, but, they, but they're not as expensive as these big posh swimming coats that are great. <laughs> they are amazing. However. <laughs> You don't need to rush out to buy one if if you're starting out. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> right, thank you so much, Rhiannon, for sharing all of those um, ideas and, and your and your story around um, swimming. It's been really, really interesting. It's been a, a great conversation. Thank you. <laughs> so there's a couple of questions that we always wrap up the episodes with, and cool. the first one is around your your tips to thrive. So I, I like to ask. Uh, guests what are their three tips to thrive and that can be linked to what we've been chatting about or it can be anything else that you you think could be useful for our listeners that they can go away and start applying from today that could make them feel happier and healthier okay well choosing three was really hard um (laughs) but 
in at number one, I, um, it's something that I teach my students every single day as well, is that I expose them to as many different strategies as possible that could support their well-being. Experiment with different things, whether it's sea swimming, whether it's running, whatever it is, experiment, keep going until you find what works for you and then make time to prioritize it. I think in busy lives as teachers, uh, family members, parents, it's so easy to put ourselves on the bottom of the self-care list. But actually, we need to be at the top of that list to make sure that we're prioritizing our own needs to put us in a, the best position possible to look after everybody else and to look after ourselves too. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I learned that the hard way, really. I, I didn't, I didn't recognize that. Um, I, I didn't recognize that I wasn't looking after myself in the period before I struggled with my mental health. And had I known that, I think it, it would have um, prevented me from getting so unwell. So I think mm. number one, find what works for you. And it can be anything. There are no rules. What works for you? prioritize it make time for it and and it's not selfish mm. yeah number two i think um work out who you can trust take your time to work out who you can trust for example i've just started in a new working environment um take your time to work out who you think right that's a person i could go to if i'm struggling begin to build up a relationship with them so that if you get to a point where things are too much, you, you, it can be a simple request for asking for help, that you know who it is, who will your go-to people be. Um, and that having that network at work and, in, of, of course, in our personal lives as well, I think is really important. And um, sometimes within a work environment, people feel worried about sharing how they feel. Um, and I think if you're just brave enough to be a little bit vulnerable, and find those people and open up a little bit, you'll find that actually that's, it benefits them and it benefits you and really helps to build those valuable connections. And the third is, is actually very closely connected to that. It, all about just working on relationships in general, in, in, in the workplace, I think, within teaching, whether it's I, I, in the mornings, I pause to chat to the caretakers and the cleaner and we have a laugh before I get to my classroom. And I make sure, as no matter how busy my break time is, um, I make sure I go to the toilet, which far too many teachers say they haven't got time to do. Outrageous. But then I will still make sure it doesn't matter how much I have to do. I will always connect with someone and have a quick chat, maybe check in on how they are, share a bit about how I'm feeling, have a laugh, have a quick cup of tea and a biscuit, whatever it is. But not ever getting to the point where you just think, no, I'm too busy mm. for time with other people. I'm too busy for relationships because this is more important. Because what you're doing is important. But actually, relationships and the bonds that you have with the people around you, whether they are your students or your, your colleagues, that's what makes your life, your workplace, your home life, that's what makes it enjoyable. Mm. That's what brings happiness. It's those connections. Um, and just kind of having that tunnel vision of this is my huge long list and this is what I've got to do. I don't have time for that, I think, can be really detrimental to our well-being. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those those three tips of, to thrive, I fully, fully agree with. I'm quite glad that this, it's been a nice surprise that there's been a, a, a good healthy dose of focus on connection and relationships. Um, this is something that I, I think is so important and really I'm learning important. more and more about uh, just how vital it is. I think your second really. tip about taking your time in a new environment, I think that's a really, really, really good point. I think 
sometimes in schools and I suppose in other professions as well we we attempted because it's a very enthusiastic and bubbly profession isn't it to throw ourselves in there and we're very quick to, to make best friends with someone and I don't know about you but I, I've seen it um, in schools that I've worked at there where only a couple of months later those people are the, the, the worst of enemies you know they threw themselves into a relationship they bared all and then it wasn't much long later that it kind of blew up back in their face. And of course, that sounds quite negative, doesn't it? It doesn't mean don't open up to people, but it means take your time, like you said, and and, and get to know who you can trust and who you can open up to and who you have a lot in common with. And then, of course, everyone else, that doesn't mean that you're not friends with with the rest of the people at work or, or in whatever capacity, but it just means that, you know, you have a professional relationship with them, but then perhaps the people that you have a more personal relationship as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think before I was the kind of person who would um, not necessarily um, throw myself into that level of closeness with anyone at work and just think, well, at work, you know, I'll just kind of keep my distance a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. learning that I'm building up trust with a few with a few people um, could really benefit me within a working yeah. environment. Um, and recognizing that sometimes it is okay for them to ask them for help was was actually really very good for me, and and, and I'm sure very good for other people too. Exactly. I, I, I was the same and, and kind of am the same in some respects. Yeah. Um, just taking the time to get to know people. And yeah, you kind of, you, you can start by just easing in. Yeah. Easing yeah. in. <laughs> and then the, the final point that you made about how we can get so absorbed in our to-do list, can't we? But like you said, if we, if we share that to-do, li- to-do list with people, then perhaps they can kind of take some of the burden off you perhaps they can help you with one of the tasks that you've got to do so of course let's let's share some of these the the tasks or or any problems that we've got you know with the right people and and that could be so helpful so many so yeah. often couldn't it yeah <laughs> right and then the 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 last question that I like to ask is what's that one lesson that you wish you would have been taught when you were younger Okay, well, I, I teach my children who I, my personal children and the students that I teach this every day, um, that I really wish I'd learned that it's just okay to talk about how you feel. Mm. And it's not a sign of weakness to admit that you're finding things difficult. Um, I work a lot with my students in building their emotional literacy and building that language for just saying, I feel this right now, and it's really difficult. And, and then, of course, teaching them the strategies to manage it. Um, and that doing that is actually a sign of strength it's developing your emotional intelligence. It's it's not the, the sign of weakness that I thought it was mm. as as a child and as a young adult. Thinking, well, if if I admit here that I'm struggling or I'm finding it difficult, uh, then people are going to feel less of me because actually, um, it, again, it goes back to that connection. If you share your vulnerabilities, it it develops a connection with people. Uh, people can help you too, but it also builds up really positive relationships. Um, so yeah, share how you feel. Find yeah. ways to manage it. Don't keep it to yourself. Yeah. And by sharing, you give permission for to other people to do the same as well, don't you? Yeah. So you give yeah. them you give them that opportunity to share what might be bothering them, and so you're you're, you're really helping them out as well. Yeah. Um, a, a powerful message to end on. Um, completely agree again. Thank you for sharing that that lesson. <laughs> no problem. Right, Rhiannon, Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's it's been really great hearing about your your story and um, learning lots of tips around sea swimming and open open water swimming and you've kind of you've inspired me to to get out there I think I need to get back in touch with my sister and see if I can join her for another swim soon <laughs> good 
Good. We'll do do it. And actually, I've talking it through again has made me think. Actually, this week I'm gonna gonna try and fit in at least one day after school as well. Um, the days are finally light enough to be able to do yeah. that. Uh, yeah, don't swim in the dark. That's another another top tip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But once once the days are long enough, then um, trying to get in a quick dip at the end of the day, I, I, it, it appeals to me, and I'm going to try and fit that in this week too. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> right. Well, I will connect with you very soon. I'm sure. Um, thank you for your time, and yeah, let's let's talk again soon. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure, Sam. Thank you. Bye bye. There you go. Thank you again to Rhiannon for joining me on the show today. Did you enjoy that conversation? I really enjoyed hearing from Rhiannon about the benefits she's experienced and her tips for anyone who's interested, as well as some of those really important safety reminders too. I also love the fact that the conversation kept coming back to that theme of relationships and connection. What a great reminder that was of how important those aspects of our lives are. And on that note, I just realised I forgot to ask Rhiannon how listeners can connect with her. So I can just tell you now. <laughs> on Twitter, you can connect with her at RHIPhillipsB. And on LinkedIn, if you search for Rhiannon Phillips Bianco, you will find her. Okay, so if that episode did resonate with you, then please share with friends, family and colleagues. And another great way for you to to support the podcast is to like the episode and follow the show on whatever app you are using to tune in. It's been a pleasure to have you and I look forward to sharing another episode very soon.